four turtles, four brothers, genetically reborn in the sewers of New York, named after the great Renaissance masters, and trained as ninjas. Welcome to Now Playing's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Retrospective Series. Major League Butt Kicking is back in town. Starring our podcast hosts on the half shell, Jacob. He's lower than scum. He gives scum a bad name. Of course he does. That's why I hired him. Arnie. A nine-year-old trapped in a man's body. And Stuart. I'm being punished, aren't I? Join us at NowPlayingPodcast.com each week for a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles review. I guess it's time for a little uh, cultural exchange, if you know what I mean. This podcast will contain detailed plot spoilers and mild language. Righteous! Bossa Nova! Chevy Nova? Listener discretion is advised. It is time to seek our answers. And remember, go ninja, go ninja, go! <laughs> Today we're discussing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Starring Paige Turco, David Warner, welcome back, sir, Ernie Reyes Jr., and Vanilla Ice. <laughs> yup, yup. <laughs> Not recommend. Instantly, right? Directed <laughs> by Michael Pressman. This is Ice Ice Arnie, boy, co-host of Now Playing. <laughs> Stuart in LA. And this is Jacob, your host of the Half Shell. Who is Ernie Race Jr.? He gets billed in this film like Feldman did for Donatello. I don't know who this guy is. Ernie Reyes Jr. is an amazing martial artist and actor. Okay, I could go with martial artist, but I looked up his IMDb. I saw Rush Hour 2. Don't know who he was in it. Never saw Surf Ninjas. You really should see Surf Ninjas. It's a, it's an underrated <laughs> classic. Uh, well, perhaps that's a future retrospective. I haven't seen it since theaters in 93, but Ernie Reyes Jr., I really thought he was going to be like the next Bruce Lee, and he's still working. He never became what I thought he would be, but I see him from time to time. He was actually Donatello. He was in the suit of the last one, and he was such a talented martial artist, they said, we're gonna write you a role for the next one. Well, I did know who he was, but I did notice there are a lot of new faces this time. It's only been a year, but I think a lot of people jumped ship since Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Where's Casey? Where's April? Where's Corey Feldman? Well, I know where Corey Feldman is. I read his (laughs) choreography. He said that he couldn't pull it together to even do the voiceover. He was that coked out. Wow. Yeah, I, I didn't know for sure. I did know that he had taken some time off of Hollywood for personal 
additional reasons during this time. <laughs> Exhaustion. Yeah. yeah, these are codes. Yeah, I know what that means. That is PR speak for rehab. It was right after the first Ninja Turtles came out that he had been busted for drugs. And so I think at the time, Stuart, you and I were saying he was in jail. I don't know that he ever had prison time, but yeah, he was out of this one. I just didn't know if the studio didn't want Feldman touching this property because he was a drug user or if, from what you're telling me, he couldn't even speak the lines. Yeah, that was how he put it. The years between Dream a Little Dream and Dream a Little Dream 2, they were a dream. A hazy, druggy <laughs> dream. And so... I don't think he sobered up for Dream a Little Dream 2, but we'll wait for that retrospective. <laughs> <laughs> it had been a big year for the Turtles, though. I mean, they started their toys in 87. They started the comic in 84. But arguably, 1990 was their biggest year, maybe because of or maybe it was a coincidence that that movie came out. But the toys, you couldn't keep them in stock. And they even had, <laughs> oh boy, the coming out of their shell musical tour. Oh, That's like Disney on Ice, isn't it? <laughs> oh no that's when you know you've made it as a kid's property you do some ice skating show i have never in my history of now playing suffered doing now playing research as much but i felt that i had to as the fan <laughs> is there a bootleg of this somewhere <laughs> it was released they did this in radio city music hall it was released on vhs and i found it on youtube the full 90 minute performance wow sponsored by pizza hut obviously this is pre-obesity epidemic because there's a big song about how great pizza is for you thanks to pizza hut <laughs> <laughs> and tomato is a vegetable that yes. you can chop with a sword and they defeat Shredder through the power of music. Of course. Mm, mm, mm. I felt like calling my parents. I haven't spoken to them in four years. I felt like calling them and apologizing for every time I made them take me to a Sesame Street live show. Because, oh my God, I couldn't do this for my kids. Wow. You, you know, by this time, this is only a year later. I was getting older. I was 14. My turtle fandom, no, I didn't want to go see this. I think I remember seeing commercials for this, but you're saying turtles with its popularity. It felt like it was passing for me, but maybe that was because of my age. Things hit and disappear very, very quickly in childhood. You can be really into something and months later be out of it. I mean, it can happen that fast. I think there was a huge drop-off in box office between the first one and this one. They were still popular in 91, but yeah, there's something of a peak. I know I didn't go see this. I have seen parts of it. I will say that much. I knew that the only thing I knew about this one was this was the one with Vanilla Ice. Yes. And I'm sure that I saw a clip of at least his performance in it when I was babysitting. At some point in the mid-90s, I was babysitting small children. They had these Turtles videos. They wanted to watch them, and I remember seeing Vanilla do the ninja rap. Well, you know, I was waiting on Turtles. I still saw this. I don't know if it was opening weekend. I know my mom didn't get me out of school early this time. I may have wanted to see this more for Vanilla Ice than Turtles. That, that may have been the possibility at 14 when Ice was at his height. Yeah, by 1991, I mentioned last time I was the Mutant Ninja Turtles fan, but it only lasted a couple months, like Stuart said. By 91, I had no interest in the Mutant Ninja Turtles. Corey Feldman wasn't in it, so there was a strike too. You hadn't discovered Ernie Reyes Jr. yet? No, I hadn't. But Vanilla Ice, you say? You mean the star of Cool as Ice? I think I must see that. 
Yeah, not yet. He was, this was actually a gig he did as a favor. The same company would give him Cool as Ice. I think he had to do this as a warm up. This was the tryout. Cool as Ice would come out later in the year. Stuart, you once described me as the DJ in hell. I am an unironic, <laughs> unabashed Vanilla Ice fan. Yeah, it's true. And should uh. I even tell those stories? You went through a phase where he would only be referred to as Arnie Ice. And yeah, boy, <laughs> it almost cost us our friendship, boy. How are you still friends after the shirt? <laughs> the Lawnmower Man shirt, I agree. I've been through a lot. <laughs> yeah, you've been through a lot. I say it made us stronger friends myself, but it lasted several years. Those who went to college with me may remember Ice Ice Arnie, the rap song I did <laughs> how much do the donors have to give to get that cut one million dollars <laughs> you know what it's worth it it is worth it i don't have a million dollars but if you do it is worth that money you will never laugh harder but i actually still consider myself a vanilla ice fan you know he went through different phases he's now kind of a you into his metal yeah the new yeah. metal corn type phase i saw vanilla ice in concert a couple years ago Unironically. Well, no, this was ironic. <laughs> this was very ironic. He came to Springfield, <laughs> Illinois. He played on a stage that was about the size of the desk where I'm recording. I mean, he had literally six feet to move back and forth. He didn't have his homie backup dancers like in this film? No homie backup dancers. He had a DJ whose equipment took the entire depth of the quote-unquote stage, but he could move back and forth like a two-dimensional movement. It's called pacing. Yeah. Pacing with style. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before he came out, the MC came out, and you know, Vanilla Ice, he's kind of distanced himself from his early stuff. Rasta Man and all of those early songs. I love you. Because, baby girl, I love you. you. See, this is why I'm not an Ice fan. I, I found out all his other cuts besides his one hit. <laughs> but he had redone Ice Ice Baby as one of the new metal versions. But this MC came out and he's like, you want vanilla? And I'm like, maybe. And he's like, okay, audience, you want him. You say, go, ninja, go, ninja, go. <laughs> that was his opener? For real? He did ninja rap? No, for real, the guy was saying, if we want him out, we need to chant that or he won't come. Oh, okay. And I'm like, do you know him? He may walk away because you're referencing <laughs> one of his old songs. Does he know you're out here asking us to chant this? It turns out he has had to adapt the ninja rap to new metal as well. He has a new song. It has nothing to do with turtles, but its chorus is, Go ninja, go ninja, go! Go ninja, go ninja, go! <laughs> so yes, that was the chant to get Ice on stage. That was when he became ice, right? He dropped the vanilla. There was nothing vanilla about him. He Correct. was he was hard. He was vice or ice or something. His name's like Robert Van Winkle, right? <laughs> yes. yes, Robert Van Winkle the third. Okay, yeah. <laughs> if you have a chance to see him in concert, dear listeners, I suggest you do. I also suggest not standing in the front, because during the first part of the concert, he would take his bottles of Evian and pour it on the audience members. And I'm like, why is he dousing the audience members? It turned out later in the act, he brings out a buzzsaw and shoots metal shards that are burning on them. So he's, like, <laughs> dampening them so they don't burst a flame. It was really something. That sounds messier than a Gwar concert. <laughs> 
Imagine Gallagher with new metal rap and you might be onto something. <laughs> and fire. <laughs> so yes, Vanilla Ice was why I even rented this movie was to see the ninja rap in all of its glory. But I've only seen this movie once before this review and I revisited it this time as well as seeing for the first time that damn out of their shell tour, which I don't recommend anybody see <laughs> the reddest of arrows. I've never been nauseated by a feature before. But that led us to the secret of the ooze. Not only are some of the in front of the people not back, I mentioned Judith Hogue. She was upset at how much her character was cut, so she was replaced (laughs) by NYPD Blues Page Turco. But behind the scenes, the director had no desire to come back. After Mutant Ninja Turtles, Spielberg himself had called up Steve Barron and offered him Casper, and Barron said no. Oh, I've seen that Casper (laughs) while babysitting. I would say no, too. I wish I said no when I was babysitting. So instead, we get Michael Pressman. And what are his credits? Does he have any? Dr. Detroit? I have seen one other of his movies. To Jillian on her 37th birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Never heard of it. All right. (laughs) That's a Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer has about a dozen movies that you'll never want to watch about her (laughs) being 37. Yeah. And probably a mother. I watched it because it was a screenplay by David E. Kelly. So I think this guy's a friend of David E. Kelly's. He also worked on Picket Fences and The Practice and Boston Legal. Hey, he worked on Bad News Bears, too. He can make a sequel to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But this one had far more studio involvement, and they wanted something brighter, more colorful, more kitty. No weapons. And... I kid you not, they had a press tour for this movie to tell parents it's less violent and less angsty. Go to YouTube. You can see the turtles talking to Barbara Walters (laughs) about how this movie is more lighthearted. You can find the producers saying on various shows, oh, Raphael, he's going to be more humorous this film. He's not as angry. And Donatello, he's going to be the more sensitive one. Despite the first Mutant Ninja Turtles film being the most successful independent film in history until Blair Witch Project came out, they were really doing some kind of damage control. They wanted toys for this movie, damn it. And they got toys. Well, give me a plot and we'll get into the whole movie and find out whether there is a secret to the ooze. It's been only a short time since the Turtles defeated Shredder and the Foot Clan, and the evil ninja gang is in tatters, but not wholly disbanded. Sure, Sam Rockwell is nowhere to be found, but Tatsu has taken leadership. Until Shredder reappears, dented but not dead. Now the only crime on Shredder's mind is murder. Revenge against Splinter and the Turtles. The Turtles, meanwhile, have been living with April. She has a new apartment since her old one burned down. They've unwittingly befriended Black Belt pizza delivery boy Kino, played by Ernie Reyes Jr. But the foot and the shell come together again as a result of a toxic waste spill by company TGRI, which is slightly different than TCBY. (laughs) (laughs) Which never was the country's best yogurt. That was always such a crock. Yeah, they both probably do the same to your insides if you ingest them. Splinter recognizes the company name as the manufacturer of the ooze that mutated he and the turtles. And the four teens go looking for an answer. But they get to the company to find scientist Jordan Perry, played by David Warner, tied up and kidnapped by the Foot Clan. Shredder wants the ooze to create mutant fighters of his own, which he does. Toka a giant snapping turtle, and Razar, a red-haired wolf. But Perry had changed the formula to keep the two beasts mentally stunted so that they'd be less dangerous. 
But addled though they are, the two new creatures are more than a match for the turtles and force the foursome to flee to their new subway abode. But when Shredder threatens to set the infantile duo loose in Central Park, the turtles agree to a showdown at the pier. Now the turtles have a plan. They're going to trick Toka and Razor into eating donuts that inside have an ice cube that is the cure to the mutagen. Is it strange that I wanted to eat one too? You just want a cure to this retrospective series. <laughs> we burp back into a baby so you can't record. Or at least so you can appreciate this film. Exactly. A battle breaks out and spreads to the dance floor of a vanilla ice concert and the ninja rap is born. Toka and Razar do revert to their puppy and turtle forms, so Shredder uses the ooze on himself to become a giant super Shredder. But in his rage, he smashes the supports of the pier, crashing atop him, presumably killing him, while the turtles use their shells to escape unscathed. But they arrive back at their lair to find word of the ninja rap has spread even to Master Splinter, who chants, Go ninja, go ninja, go! as credits roll. And my voice was no more racist than the voice actor who does Splinter. <laughs> he made another funny! <laughs> and we start off, though, with this movie... And I'm thinking of you, Stuart. Yes. In memory of Jim Henson. Mm, why bring it up? Why rub it in? You know, <laughs> I had already gotten past that last time. All right. He had other projects. Maybe he wasn't working. Or was this the film he was working on? The world will never know. Yeah, I think it's for the best and for the betterment of my review here that I don't have that information. Again, the work here is very good. And what I'm pleased about is this time I can actually see it. I don't know who this director is, really, but this cinematographer shot Captain America Winter Soldier. They shot Jurassic Park 3. They shot Stephen King's Shining. They've shot movies we've seen before. Stephen King's Shining? Let's not hold that one up too high. <laughs> you did For a moment, I thought you meant Kubrick's. Yeah, no, that would be something, wouldn't it? No. Yeah, I tried to slip that one in there, but no, yeah. it was the really bad Stephen Weber one. He also shot a lot of people eating pizza in Times Square. I am confused here. I'm like, oh, so everyone knows about the turtles now. They are the heroes of the city. Everyone's eating pizza to honor them. Nope. No one knows about the turtles at this point. They're just eating pizza. And I'm jaded. I'm like, so Pizza Hut took their sponsorship from the music tour to the movie? No, they're not even eating name brand pizza. Yeah, Ray's Famous Pizza or Famous Ray's, whatever the joke is in New York City. That's what they're eating. Original Ray's. I was wondering about that because last time they make such a production about the Domino's Pizza Guy getting there 30 minutes or less. I mean, it really was an obvious product tie here. Did corporations pull out? Was it... Deemed too controversial for Pizza Hut or Domino's to get any action here? No, like I said, Pizza Hut was all over the stage presentation, but maybe they didn't want to have a black belt vigilante delivery boy. <laughs> I don't know why they wouldn't. I really like this guy. This is a fun character. This is going to be our Casey for this one. This is the human vigilante that comes in here. I think he's got a lot of moves. I think he's really fun. Ernie Reyes Jr., you're not going to get me to say anything bad about him. What? The guy knows martial arts. Why he's in this movie? I guess because he knows martial arts. I, I don't see any reason for him to be here. Like, he's delivering pizza, and there's a gang with dudes with pantyhose on their faces robbing. I don't know if that's a mall. I don't know what that is. There's <laughs> there's a hot dog on a stick, I think. Has any New Yorker ever done this? They see a store with, with the doors wide open. I believe it's a toy store, and they like walk in to see if they can stop the criminals like no you call the cops or you walk on your way i can't believe that anyone would get involved particularly a pizza delivery boy that has 
an errand to run. I, there's definitely more than a toy store here. While it's primarily toy, there is a food place where Raphael gets some sausages. Yeah, combat cold cuts. Man, did they write that in the script? Or is that like some ingenious improvisation? Come on. <laughs> Talk about the kitty stuff. Yeah, the turtles are going to show up. They're going to use yo-yos. They're going to use sausages. They're going to use anything but their weapons to fight here. Yeah, I told you they couldn't use the weapons, despite the fact that the figures come with them and they wear them as accoutrement. They don't actually use them as anything. I think Leonardo uses his sword so that he can pull himself up to kick somebody. Yeah, that's what happens here. You know, I didn't notice that, but my kids loved it. I've got to say. <laughs> They're imaginary. That's why. <laughs> my five-year-old and my seven-year-old particularly love this. The 12-year-old was missing the weaponry, but no, all three of them could see the fight Appreciate the fight. These suits look good in broad daylight here. I don't see what the holdup was. Are they new suits? They're slightly upgraded, yes. The suits kept breaking, and they kept having to replace part after part in the first one. Yeah, it looks like some of the turtles have, like, liver spots on their faces now. I didn't notice that before. Maybe that's because it was so dark. I don't... I'm not with you, Stuart. This doesn't look better with more light. No, no. It, It looks like a cartoon and not in a good way. And all the jokes. Donatello beats a guy... Then ties his ankles to his legs and starts yelling, ride him, cowboy. This is too eclectic. This is too random. This is too loud. I don't even understand why these dudes with pantyhose on their faces are staying around. Why wouldn't they just run? They're not ninjas. Or are they? I don't know if this... It's what the foot has been reduced to. <laughs> yeah. They're wearing the thigh highs. Yeah, I thought I take it to be that. They're just like the pinky at this point. They're not the foot. <laughs> they they wish they could have those headbands. They got recalled, I guess, but they are whatever's left. They're scrambling to still keep their cachet. They're robbing a toy store. Again, their targets totally for the demographic. They should really think about jewelry or money or cash, you know. I, I think toys, you're just not gonna get a lot of resell on that. Well, it depends. If they're getting an April O'Neil figure, back in those two months when I was collecting, April O'Neil was going to be like $200. So maybe they're looking for that figure. But that goes back to why Ernie Reyes Jr. as Kino is here. I think this is doing exactly what Stewart said last time. You need a boy of the demographic or slightly above the age to have the audience relate to. Yeah. And I like him. I mean, he's when he kicks out his moves here, I am genuinely impressed. I was not expecting that from him. Casey never had these moves. I didn't think that he was going to be able to do the flips and the kicks that he does. But he's cool. If you think he's good here, surf ninjas. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to do it. But this is just way more slapstick, way more jokey. And I can go with it. I mean... I rewatched some of the cartoon, but this is not even working on that level. I'm struggling to keep up with what I'm supposed to get here. Right now, I don't like the turtles, but I do like Kino, which is a shame that he then disappears for a half hour. Come on, your 12-year-old is not entertained by this. Your 5- and 7-year-old, maybe, but I remember watching this at 14, and I'm like, I, I cannot go here. I cannot abide, even with this opening. Okay, so, wow, I'm getting pushback from you guys. I didn't expect that. I didn't know what I was going to get. Again, pleasantly surprised. I don't think that the kitty fights are any worse than what we got last time. I think that this is... In every way. I think this is going to be a chant, a refrain throughout this podcast. Better than last time. Not to say that it's going to get a recommend this time, but everything that I see is better than last time. 
wow, everything I see is worse than last time. <laughs> For this opener, I'm pleasantly surprised and encouraged that things have improved here. I feel like the choreography is clean. I can see it. I'm enjoying it. I feel like they've got a new human character that I like better than Danny. And yeah, when we get back to April's apartment, we got a new April, and oh. she actually is as attractive as they made her out to be in the last one. Yeah, but I don't, I don't like this. It she's too clean cut now. Like she's complaining that the turtles are dirty again. I bought that last April that she would have a crush on a turtle. This one <laughs> is annoyed by him. She doesn't want him there. You know, the rat is the cleanest one. Like she's too stuffy this April. You know what? She's stuffy. But she's stuffy in a way that makes her not feel at all authentic. You know, she should be upset that these guys are trashing her apartment, but she's standing there with a big smile like, hey, I have an an acting job in Hollywood, and that never leaves her face. I never buy her character. I forget she's a reporter. At one point, she does some reporting, and I'm like, oh, wow. I think she could be a school teacher with as much gravitas as she has. She is comblier. I don't know that I had any more affinity for her character or the arc this time. It was nice to see her doing better. She has a nicer place to live. She got that corner office. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She actually did fulfill all the things she negotiated last time. I was shocked that continuity carried over. And she has a lecherous guy in the building who really likes to let her in. I think she's standing back. You complained last time the movie was focused too much on the human characters. I think she's letting the turtles be the star here. They're cutting up. They're playing Statue of Liberty, throwing pizza slices and having them fall on the side like the torch. She's letting them have fun, and I think that's probably wise. That's the best you can hope for in a turtle movie. Don't step on their show. And this is also where we get sort of their conflict. There, there's not as strong an arc this time. Raphael is not as traumatized. He seems better integrated, a little happier. He's rude, but he's not angsty. He's cool, but rude. That's what the theme song said. <laughs> oh, well, I see. I didn't even know that. But <laughs> maybe I'm learning it by osmosis. But I get the sense that the struggle for them is, hey, we saved the city. Why can't we be stars? Why can't we go out there and bask in our celebrity? Splinter is the one keeping them down. He's saying, no, ninja, shadows, you hide. You do not soak this up. He gives him the exact same talk that he gave him in the last film, that the outside world will not accept you. You know, even says, leave the shredder berry. Don't go digging in the past. You know, this is the secret of the ooze. I, I feel like there's got to be, if they can't go out in public, that it has to do with that ooze. What is the secret? What does that have to do with their origins? What is this big secret that Splinter, I don't know, is he hiding it from them? Doesn't want them to know about or doesn't want to get out. But hey, he disciplines them this time. They're not listening. Ten flips. I like that. Leo and Raphael get in a fight. This is what I want to see. Discipline. There are lessons for conduct. This is what I want my five-year-old to see. I love it. just listening to you as a parent review that. <laughs> <laughs> I want discipline and consequences. And <laughs> Yeah, no, I feel really good about this, particularly when I can take the headphones off and the children disappear. <laughs> Well, I'm honestly not happy to see any of the characters back. They're not the same characters from the last movie. Is it Corey? Is, are you upset that it's not Corey's <laughs> voice? That was the only thing I could tell that distinguished the purple one. Uh, Donatello was a non-entity. The only thing I knew about him was he was Corey Feldman. This time, I think they did make him a little smarter. I think that he does work on a computer for a little bit. Yeah, they played into that just a little bit. Not as much as they would in the cartoon, but it is... They did succeed in making them more distinct. I didn't feel like there were two Michelangelos now. Right. 
Yeah, but they don't do anything with that. I mean, there, there's that last film. There was at least a with Raphael. There was a character arc. I felt like there was a journey for at least one of the characters here. Again, I don't feel like we're going to go on a journey. Kino doesn't go on a journey. Like, what does anyone learn in this film? There is a journey. We will get to it. It is brief. It is perfunctory, <laughs> and it is aborted. But it is there. <laughs> And I would argue so were the uh, journeys of the last time. We never found out why Raphael became less angsty other than, yeah, he fell through a ceiling. But I was happy, and I didn't expect it, to see Tetsu back. He was perhaps my favorite foot in the last movie. We didn't talk about him much, but he really had a badass feel compared to his sequin-dressed boss. I feel bad for him because he's like, He's the guy in charge now, and that lasts for about three seconds, and then Shredder shows back up, like, rises from the garbage. I guess that compactor didn't squeeze too hard. Did you really think it would? Did you guys really have images of blood spurting? I, You know, this is a cartoon kids movie that, that he fell in a trash compactor. I didn't see it as this violent death you portrayed. I saw that he would be back, yeah, popping out of a dumpster next time. And that's exactly what happens here. Also want to point out, they have a crane this time. There's a really complicated crane shot when they're panning across all the garbage. <laughs> it's a little shaky, but no, these things matter to me. Is this what you're noticing? These are what I'm noticing. The, the cinematography is stronger here. There's a the five-year-old really loves the crane shot. <laughs> he does. It's his favorite DP. I would only expect that from Stewart's child. <laughs> I train him early. Crane shot, son. Crane shots. I always look for the crane shot. Well, but these things, they're small. They're minute. Blink and you miss them. I don't want to over-exaggerate them, but they do make a difference. To me, I feel I'm watching a better-made movie or a better-funded movie, a movie that I can get more into the vibe of, even though is this appreciably better than what they had last time? No, not really, but it is better. You might like that they have brighter lights, but come on. I mean, the fact that the foot that they're hiding out in a dump, the same dump that Shredder shows up like this again, this is, I'm sure your five year old's digging it. I, uh, if I'm babysitting, I'm looking at Facebook. I'm looking at porn on my iPhone. I'm doing anything but watching this. This is lesbian turtles. Yes. Lesbian <laughs> turtles. I'm Googling that on my phone. I'll agree with Stuart that the camera work is better. I noticed it as well. The camera's always moving. Yeah. There's interesting shots. There's visual stimuli on the screen that would keep me from surfing my phone. There's nothing story-wise, acting-wise, or character-wise that would stop me from that. Except, hey, it's it's David Warner. Yeah, the subtitle of this one is The Secret of the Ooze. So presumably there's more to it than the fact that it's just radioactivity. That's all I needed to why turtles would turn into these ninjas. That radiation out of a canister, okay. So what's the secret? This is the man that's going to tell us. Yeah, we get a April is covering what what is this? A contamination spill? I don't even understand what's going on. Like why are they cleaning it up at this point? It is a proactive cleanup project because 15 years ago. But that's not proactive if it took 15 years. <laughs> no, no. Presumably legally, they buried their toxic waste. But now they know, but they don't want it to get out, that it's leaking and making dandelions turn into paper mache props. So they are making it a PR campaign that, see, we're removing toxins from the soil even though we don't have to, while at the same time going, don't look at the giant dandelions or the mutant ninja turtles. I was confused 
is that like this doesn't look like a dump. This looks like a dilapidated building. That's that's why I thought there was some lab experiment that went wrong. It's a construction site that they're digging at. No, no. This was the other thing the turtles were talking to Baba Wawa about. <laughs> this movie is pro-environmental. It's a green turtle film. Yeah, I get that too. We definitely don't want toxic waste spilling around. That and every other movie we ever cover from the 80s. As much as Friday the 13th 8, Jason Takes Manhattan is. I mean, (laughs) we always have these stories about New York sewers, toxic waste, what have you. It was a big lip service paid in lots of 80s, 90s movies about toxic waste. Uh, It's it's not offensive. Yes. Is Captain Planet going to show up? (laughs) But rarely was it pro-cleanup. I don't think the guy in the sewer in Friday the 13th Part 8 was saying the toxic waste is a bad thing. Right, right. If someone gets a takeaway of the ecological messages, my kids didn't get it, but great. (laughs) Go for it. No, and the one who really gets it is Freddy, the new cameraman. Apparently, it's real easy to get work at this news station for April and be immediately put out on the beat because he's a foot spy. They got me. I didn't see this coming. In just the previous scene, we had seen Shredder proclaim, send your best guy, follow April. That's how we're going to get the turtles. We see April go to the van the next scene and say, oh, you're new. How's it going? Your first day. They are outsmart me. I didn't get it. Your kids must have been distracting you and making a ruckus, because how could you miss that? I, hey, I missed it too, because Freddy ain't no ninja. Like, sending your best guy, that ain't Freddy. Freddy is not the best toe on the foot. I think that's exactly <laughs> it, is that you just wouldn't, and I don't think we ever do see this guy pick a fight. He stands around, he folds his arms, but if he's a good ninja, he's really good, because I never see him when the combat comes. Yeah, he'll put on the suit later, but I don't think he ever throws a punch. Yeah, so you just wouldn't suspect that he would be that guy. Indeed, I thought he was going to be a helpful supporting character. I thought he was going to be this movie's Danny, and maybe the other guy earlier was going to be Casey. Well, they don't keep the secret up their sleeve for long, because it's within 30 seconds he's running the dandelion back to Shredder. Yeah, which gives Shredder a new plan. Rather than follow April to the Turtles, he's going to create his own monsters. And these are the secret, right? This is the thing is that you can use this to create the monsters. Is that a secret, though? Like, we saw the last film. We saw how the turtles were created. A very poorly, very poorly kept secret. Uh, One that my five-year-old guessed instantly. And yes, it is sort of the wrong subtitle for this movie. There's no secret to this ooze. Yeah, was that supposed to be the secret? Because at one point, they have all this exposition with, with this lab guy, you know, explaining, oh, we have this ooze and blah, blah, blah. Well, we saw that and like Donatello's flipping some circuit board like all bummed and Splinter's like, oh, what's wrong? He's like, I I thought there was going to be more to the secret. Yeah, so did I. So did I. There's no secret here. No, this is the secret. The secret is there is no God. That is this movie's message. (laughs) Yeah, no, I kind of get that. Yeah, it's an existential moment. Let me put it that way, that he thought he had been uniquely created. And in fact, he was a complete accident. They don't even know how they made the ooze. It never should have been created. He should have never been splashing around in it. We are all created with ooze, though. And maybe, Stuart, some of your kids were accidents. and They're still special. I love all my children. (laughs) I wrote down Donatello's words. I always thought there'd be more to it, to us. I always thought there'd be something. We'd find out we were special. 
In other words, like when God put man on earth in his image, we thought we were special. <laughs> Did he actually say that? I missed that line. That is pretty crazy. Yeah, that is Donatello talking to Splinter. And Splinter's like, don't confuse the specter of your origin to your present worth. In other words, who cares that there's no God? Just be a good person. Okay, so this is really a Nietzschean ubermensch story that you must rise up. There is no God. You must rise up and be your own ninja. My five-year-old got that, Jacob. I don't know what your problem is. She loved it. (laughs) Unfortunately, it ends on a really sour note, because this is the first moment I'm into this movie. I'm like, oh my god, they are really going creationist here. The turtles just learned they crawled out of the primordial toxic ooze, and that's what life is. And you want to know how it's resolved? Splinter goes, tonight's encounter has left us with larger problems. It's over. That's the end of the conversation. (laughs) We got bigger shit to worry about than there's no God. We have Toka and Razor. Well, isn't it the truth, though? I mean, you just more immediate concerns. Your mind has to focus on other things. If you're conflicted about existential crises, if you're a ninja, you can only think about that so long. There's there's work to be done. (laughs) There's new monsters to be fought because Shredder has created what I thought the last movie needed. Henchmen. Monsters that are clearly not as cool as him, but that are going to get give the turtles some pushback. Now, these were supposed to be from the cartoon. Yeah. They were supposed to be Bebop and Rocksteady. Which are the rhinoceros, right? Yeah, a rhino and a warthog. And yeah, this was, again, as a kid, just like I was confused because they went with the comic origin that I wasn't aware of at the time. Like, that's the obvious choice. That's what's in the cartoon. They already got toys that they don't have to create new molds to make the movie version, really. But no, they come up. I I love the line. They're like, we have found the two most dangerous animals in New York City. A wolf and a snapping turtle. Aren't there zoos in New York? You could have got a rhino. (laughs) You could have got an alligator. There is an alligator mutant in the cartoon. Probably alligators in the sewers anyway. Yeah, there's way more dangerous animals than a snapping turtle. I like the cute look of these two. If you're going for a kiddie movie, Stuart, I bet your five-year-old wants the stuffed animals. Loved it. Bought it for this morning. (laughs) But apparently, Eastman and Laird, who created Bebop and Rocksteady themselves when the TV studio said we need more mutants, said they didn't want to use them. Now... I've read, but I can't find substantiating evidence that there may be rights issues, that the TV company writers owned certain characters, and Eastman and Laird owned certain characters, but in the end, Eastman and Laird didn't want to go with the cartoon things. I've also read they liked the more adult feel, the more true-to-their-comic feel of the last one, and they were trying to avoid the kiddie feel here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Avoid the kiddie feel? Okay, this Toka, this snapping turtle, okay, that's kind of a cool design. I know... In the cartoon, there was actually like an evil turtle. I don't know if his name was Slash or something like that. I, I could kind of go with that design. It's snapping turtle. He's got spikes. It's cartoonish looking, but I could go with it. But this wolf, this Razor, ah, uh, this isn't there a giant like is his name Harry? One of the Muppets, like a giant hairy <laughs> monster guy like this, brown too. Phenomena. Yeah, it's just ah, uh, that. Come on. There's nothing more adult or even teenage about this. This looks like a Disney Muppet character to me. Just keep in mind, they were doing that in pre-pre-production when they were saying what characters could be used. They didn't know what the tone of the film was going to be. You know, at 14, I was like, Ugh, no, this is not my movie. 
At 17, I was just pissed off that the characters I knew from the cartoon and the video games had been replaced with these generic knockoffs. Really? It makes a difference whether they're a rhinoceros or a wolf? It made no difference to me. No, to, to me, it's the look of them. Well, I think the look suits where they go with this. Shredder says, call me master. They call him mama. And I kind of enjoy this. I can regress to this point. This is kind of funny that he created in a lab evil henchmen and they turned out to be these needing little sucklings that are going to follow him around like children. And I feel like I'm just watching the Transformers and Megatron has discovered the new Decepticons are infantile. I mean, it's just so cartoon. I'm watching a live action cartoon. And here's the thing, like, Shredder's like, they're babies! Well, yeah, you just made a, like... The turtles took 15 years to become turtles. I don't understand. Now, later on, we'll find out the scientists did something to the ooze to make them regress. Yes, the ooze was over 40 years old, so it had mentally challenged animals. To me, th- this is too kiddie. This is- Here are your greatest fears come to life, Stuart, for me, is that these are going to be too kiddie to really discuss as <laughs> almost 40-year-olds. And we have hit that point now. I never felt we really hit that point with the last one. Maybe because there was a lack of light. I mean, it was more violent. Not to say, you know, it's not rated our violence, but it was more violent. The angst with Raphael, it felt like they were trying to tell a more mature story. Here, it's now we're at the Muppet Show. I just think they're doing the same thing better this time. They're funnier. They're playing to their audience better. It's brighter. It's the children's movie that the last one sort of tried to be, but then thought it could also be Batman. No, I'm with Jacob. Here, I feel like we'd only have a slightly harder time discussing that Out of Their Shells tour music video than when we get Razor and Toka here. I think that at this point, the closest thing I can equate it to is the Transformers the movie or that G.I. Joe the movie stuff that really is kids entertainment where they kill the heroes. Here, they don't kill the heroes, but it's that level of stuff. I get that it's not doing what you enjoyed about it last time. I I guess I can understand that. But there are callbacks. I mean, Raphael does go it alone. He disobeys. I think that's going to be a trademark for all the movies. He goes off with Kino to infiltrate the foot. Kino actually has the very wise idea that he should try out and find out where the headquarters are. Raphael is supportive of that. Splinter, because he's a stick in the mud, says no to everything. You must sit. We must all sit around and meditate. I mean, they're really <laughs> making him seem like not very wise, ultimately, just more like curmudgeonly. You were against the gang going out and taking the law into their own hands. Now you're for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm saying he's not... He's not living what he's preaching here, or rather, what he's living doesn't look very appealing. I can understand why the kids are wanting to disobey. I can understand why Kino wants to try out for the foot and actually do something active rather than sit around and wait. And I I think this is fun. I actually laughed out loud. I can admit that. When they're busted in the junkyard by Tatsu, and he says, do you have a carburetor for a 77 Chevy? I thought that was a good comeback. I thought that Raphael had a good moment there. Yeah, I I guess I just don't understand why Kino's doing this except he's like Raph and he's going to take the law into his own hands and try to bust this like I don't understand why a pizza boy wants to infiltrate a ninja clan and team up with the turtle like I, I get if I if I was 12 years old yes that would be a super cool thing to do I don't <laughs> understand it as far as this movie goes though you see and that's exactly it Jacob is I'm looking at this if Kino is a idealization of the personification of the target audience. You want to be the turtle's friend, you want to be really cool at ninja moves, and 
You want to help them when they need it. So he's so anxious to prove himself to the turtles that he does what they can't, be a human and go and infiltrate. And I got to say, I don't know how the foot is getting any new members because their trials are so tough, even Kino can't do them. I mean, Raphael has to come in the shadows to steal the bells off. I'm like, it seems to me the foot's in disarray. There's some fungus under the toenails. They're living in a dump like they could loosen their standards. Yeah, really. Any muscle would do at this point. Eventually, they have enough people to bring hordes and hordes of extras out to fight, but... At this point, it seems like it's a little bit too strict. I wonder why you really need it. Since this whole one is all about we have mutant monsters now, couldn't they have just gotten rid of this idea that the kids were going to join the foot? Couldn't they have said that the last movie, that the lesson stuck? That they actually disbanded, that no one wanted to be a part of the foot, and so that it required him to create these monsters to be his new army? I think you could have gone that route. I think you need the cannon fodder. You gotta have more people for the turtles to fight, though. But they really only fight the foot, what, in the junkyard, and then after that, it's all Toka and Razor and Shredder. Yeah, they just, they basically even call it out. It's too easy. They have to sneak when Raphael gets kidnapped, Kino gets away, and so they ha- he gets the other three to come to the rescue. It's not any fun to watch them bust up the few little sentries that are milling about. The fun is when they unleash the children. The children, they got armor now. See, they're a little more badass when the turtles come for them. And we get a silly Muppet fight. Their armor is better than Shredder. Shredder this time, he's got some like Prince Purple <laughs> sparkly thing going on. Shredder's got some inadequacy issues. Like this time, that fin on his helmet is like three feet long with razor. He is trying to make up for some other inadequacy in his life. And he took Liberace's curtains and made a cape. <laughs> I, I must admit, two movies in, I get that they're going for Darth Vader. I think he's a very poor villain. I don't think that he's the slightest bit scary. Maybe scary is not what they're going for, but maybe they should a little. I just feel like he seems weak. I don't really care about him. I don't get enough of him doing anything. He stands around and barks orders, but you save Darth Vader, I think Cobra Commander, <laughs> because I want to see Shredder be a ninja master that can do stuff. At the end of the last movie, he seemed able to take out the turtles, but I want to see him taking things out time and time again, instead of standing around just shouting for grunts to do it. He should feel like the toughest guy there. I feel like if Tetsu wanted, he could just kick Shredder's ass. Yeah, I agree. I like Tetsu, partly because we can see his face. And yeah, he he does just seem like a heavy from a martial arts movie, whereas Shredder doesn't. Shredder looks like he's from a third stringer in a Morphin Ranger show. <laughs> One in the background who gets the cheap armor. Shredder needs a chest plate. Yeah, it's poor. And that this is a theatrical feature, inexcusable. But yes, Toka and Razor, you know, I'm not going to give them too much credit either, though. Yes, with their armor, they're kind of fun. Man, Henson must be rolling in his grave if his creature shop put those things out right after he died, because they do not live up to the turtles. Yeah, you just mentioned Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. These look like villains straight from that. They don't have the amount of animatronics in the faces. Yeah, it's it's not the same puppetry as we're seeing with the turtles. Their jaws, like, bounce as they walk forward. It is really, really subpar. The wolf is worse than the snapping turtle. The snapping turtle at least has some animatronics. That wolf, it looks like a bad Spencer Gifts costume. You look, you're talking to a Godzilla fan. I've seen Godzilla take on many a man in rubber (laughs) suit that is not convincing. Uh, It's fine. They are as good as they need to be for the movie that's being presented. They are no worse 
than the story of this movie. They are no worse than this franchise. To me, this is not a degradation from last time. This is an expansion. There's more interesting things to fight. It's not just children and nylons. I'll give them this. I like that the turtles lose. I like that they have to retreat back to the subway car where Peter Parker's dad left the video message. It's Roosevelt. Yeah. <laughs> that was my notes. Yes. <laughs> we, we all saw it then. I think it's the fact that we saw Amazing Spider-Man 2 so recently, but I think I still would remember that in a year. It was just so similar. They even call it a spider city. I mean, due to all the cobwebs there, it's, <laughs> it was, it was there. I, yeah, it was unavoidable. And I like it. You know, I guess they can't go back to the old place because Shredder knows where it is. Yeah. Okay. So this will work. I think it's a cool thing. I, I admire them for moving out and taking the danger away from April. Except they have, and April's been kidnapped by Freddy. Yeah, this should have been more or less. I, I feel like he kidnaps her only to tell her to go tell them that there's going to be another fight. Yeah, that is funny. It's like, kidnap her, give him this message, but... Yeah. Yeah, she's literally, the next scene, she's running down a drain and says, no, I'm not being followed. Why not? Isn't that what <laughs> Freddy was supposed to do? Well, because they no longer need to follow her because they're going to call <laughs> the turtles out. Let's Toka and Razor tear up another back lot. <laughs> you say you're happy you can see. I can just see the seams. <laughs> Is this any worse than an Incredible Hulk episode, Arnie? No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your honesty, yes. And, and how many of those TV movies did we recommend? Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if that's helping. I don't know if that's an argument. No, my point is just simply that that was the fun of a Hulk episode for me as a kid, watching him tear stuff up. It didn't have to be terribly realistic for me to get my giggles out of it. And I think, yeah, we just wanted to see stuff destroyed. We just want to see these creatures push stuff over. It is the primal thrill of a Godzilla movie. Big monsters doing big damage. I did have to look up, though. I thought there was a cameo here of a semi-famous actress, Estelle Reiner, from When Harry Met Sally, the I'll Have What She's Having Lady. Yeah, the, the Rob Reiner's mother. Yes, I thought that was the old lady who got in the cab with the man. She sees Toka and Razor and says, let them get their own cab. I really thought that was Estelle Reiner. It is not, but spitting image. Yeah, and that's a joke they used last time. There was a moment where Raphael got hit by a cab and the guy in the back seat was alarmed and the cabbie was like, no, that was a turtle. You want to go to the airport? Yeah, you know, they're recycling jokes, but then again... <laughs> they recycled the shredder. Yeah, so. it's, it's not a series that's going to be particularly innovative beyond the central conceit that they're mutant turtles. Well, it's pro-environmentalist. They're recycling everything. <laughs> there we go. I'll think of it in that way. <laughs> so we get that. I mean, they get the professor down there in their Roosevelt subway station. I, I don't get this. Like, there's only one canister of this ooze left. Apparently, it wasn't all used to make Toka and Razor. There's only some of it. And what? He's, he's making an anti-mutagen this time. Do you even need a scientist? It really does seem like if you squirt it on something, it'll change it. I mean, I, I'm not sure. But you're right. This this is the reverse. So, in theory, he could feed it to the turtles and they would turn back into regular snapping turtles. Which is why I was thinking that the turtles should be a little bit more nervous because they didn't <laughs> even realize 
that you had to eat it. So they're all standing around. Donatello getting his science on with a wire whisk is like spinning it up. I'm like, you better watch no drops hit you because you're going to be Teenage Mutant Turtle in a aquarium. And I had to laugh. I'm not proud of it, but Mikey dropping the pizza in there and then everyone covering for him, not telling the scientist. I thought that was going to play out in some way. I thought that was actually going to... Yes, where's the consequences for contaminating the potion? Yeah, you can't throw pizza in to any chemistry experiment and expect it to work right. But no, there was some good physical comedy, or at least some physical comedy that amused my five-year-old and me. Why didn't they serve the pre-fight pizza? Why a pre-fight donut? These are the Ninja Turtles. Once they dropped the pizza in there, I thought I saw where it was going. Of course they pour this stuff into a Bart Simpson cup and decide, hey, let's make ice cubes and then stick those ice cubes into a donut. (laughs) Why can't it be the jelly filling? Yes, that's what I thought. That's when Razor crushes that donut after they eat one. I thought there was going to be jelly on his hand, and you're going to go, oh, okay, that's the anti-mutagen. No, ice cubes and the donuts. No wonder they got suspect and crushed them to see what was in there. Yeah, I, they should have followed through on the pill pizza thing. They love pizza, put it in a pizza. Maybe they would have eaten it, and that would have been the problem. <laughs> I really thought that's where they were going, especially since it was Michelangelo who came up with it. Yeah, that would have been, uh, you know, a story strand to follow through. I mean, this they're not working very hard. You know, they, these things are sloppy. No, when they're like, hey, before we fight, we need the uh, ancient ritual of the donut eating. Come on. You know, Stuart, you just inspired me on a way to rewrite this that would make it more interesting to me. Imagine if the turtles did get cured. They accidentally got sprayed or they lost a fight and got sprayed and turned back into regular turtles. But there is still some ooze flying around so they can be turned back into ninjas by the end. Isn't that how every superhero sequel works? You lose your powers and then get them back? Yeah, Superman 2. Yeah, but very rarely do you become a lesser creature. And then Donatello could realize that he is special, even though he just, God didn't create him. What we're saying is we worked harder on the script than the (laughs) screenwriter did, and and I agree. There's not a whole lot here that's uh, teaching lessons. You know, that's one of the things I'm evaluating these movies for. It's not in here very much. Maybe it's environmental, although I don't want my children going down and cleaning up toxic waste. So it really... It serves almost no point other than to be silly and entertaining in a slapstick, jokey level. But I will give them this. When they finally turn Toka and Razar back into their original creatures, oh, they're cute. Yeah, by sticking, what, fire extinguish in their mouth to accelerate the CO2. Like, they're burping. This, to me, is like where <laughs> I draw the line. Come on, burping's funny. My five-year-old laughs every time someone burps. It, it draws a line for me, too. It shows me when your only target is your five-year-old. Your 12-year-old had to have been embarrassed by this. Oh, he walked out. Yeah, he went <laughs> next door. Yeah. yeah. I wish I could have gone with him and babysat. I, I Here's the thing. So they've broken in. They fought their way into this nightclub this is what's so weird about go ninja go ninja go if i'm busting out like a rhyme like just total improv i see giant turtles fighting i'm not thinking ninja i'm like i'm doing a turtle themed rap not ninjas like okay they got masks on that's not what i'm (laughs) noticing with these giant green turtles though good point good point I think Eminem could have improvised a rap better than Vanilla Ice. No, no, but there's a lot there. I mean, he's talking about they're the green machine. 
Yeah, that should have been the chorus then. It, I don't think you call out the ninja aspect. That seems like the least thing I'm noticing here. I do love, like, there's these club promoters, and they're, yeah. what, they they think it's like a, a show? I, I get, like, in a bunch of 90s rap albums, they always had skits in between tracks. I, I guess, I don't know, I never went to a live rap concert. Maybe they had skits like this going on. Vanilla Ice did not when I saw him in concert a couple years ago. <laughs> Is that your uh, go-to for rap concert? It's one of two I've attended, yes. <laughs> Biz Marquee did not have skits either. <laughs> I actually have seen Biz Marquee in a uh, concert. See, no skits. Yeah. That, well, no, he was a skit. But Vanilla Ice, <laughs> he he does his little rap. Guess who else shows up? Kino. Yeah, I did forget about him. He he walks in, like steals the canister, and then Raph is like, this isn't your fight. See ya, Kino. You're off the set for the rest of the film. Why is he in this movie? He does nothing. Why is April in this movie? Why is Vanilla Ice in this movie? Yeah, very poor arcs for all of these characters. These were complaints about for you guys last time. I just want to point out. And we're complaining this time, too. No, no. That they were stealing the movie away from the Turtles. Now they are clearly letting the Turtles have all the fun. Then don't introduce new characters. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you could have April along because you gotta have April, and I would forgive it. But don't introduce Kino, martial arts master... And have him do nothing. And yeah, he comes in, he kicks the mutagen away, and he actually is helpful, and then he gets shot down by the turtles and left behind. Uh, he has a line. It's actually made me laugh. He goes, I know this is not my fight. I learned that from a rat. You know, he was having this whole discussion with Splinter about using his ninja skills for, like you guys were saying, for defense, not offense. This is not what this movie really wants to promote. Splinter's telling him fighting should be your last choice. Kino's like, screw you, I'm leaving. And then he's saying he learned a lesson? Right. No, that's not how lessons work. No, he learned it when Shredder hit him in the face. He's like, oh yeah, Splinter was right. (laughs) (laughs) Although, I've got to say, I hope I don't see a worse scene in any Turtles movie. This is certainly the worst scene of either Turtles movie that they defeat Shredder here with electric guitars. Is this what the coming out of the shell tour was? This (laughs) is horrible. In the coming out of the shell tour, the audience had to sing. It was like clapping for Tinkerbell to beat Shredder. Mm. (laughs) Did you sing along while you watched it on YouTube? I was literally nauseated. (laughs) Literally having physical reactions to watching that. Stuart, you say this is the worst part. No, the worst part is coming up. Shredder has a tiny vial of ooze. It's pretty big. No, no, he has the big canister, and then when they take it, they have a tiny vial. Yeah, he has a tiny vial. He drinks it to become Super Shredder. Now, okay, I get it. I'm an adult. I'm not supposed to complain about this kid movie that his spikes on his suit are mutating with (laughs) them as well. But what? let's break down this climax. The Turtles... Do nothing. They go swimming and Shredder commits suicide. That is how this film is resolved. Yeah. I mean, they had a better fight against Tetsu, who they shelled to unconsciousness this time. Shredder, we don't see him do the ooze, right? I mean, I looked twice. I never saw him ooze himself. They tell us that he took it. Yeah. And he only has one camera shot of being near a turtle. So I really don't even get a sense of super Shredder scale. He's big. No, you can see he's more muscly. Yeah, no, and they, yeah, and they got a new actor, uh, actor. They got a wrestler. I'm, I, I vaguely heard of Kevin Nash, but he's playing Super Shredder. Oh, that's Kevin Nash. Uh huh. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> I barely noticed a difference, but 
He was on a smaller set of a pier. Yeah, they obviously did things to exaggerate his massiveness, and I don't think the turtles were ever in the same shot with him. There was one brief one, and it's like so nothing that it really just felt like they didn't have the money to do what they wanted to do for the Super Shredder. And second, calling it Super Shredder just makes me think it can eat three credit cards at once. It's like that the new and approved magic bullet. And, and here's the thing. I think they try to drop some line like, this is about revenge, and this is what revenge will get you, but this is not... Stuart, I don't care how much you want your kids to learn that violence isn't the answer, joining a gang's not an answer. I want to see the gang join up and defeat the Shredder. I don't want to see him knock some wood on himself. Oh, absolutely. This was a cop-out. They should have done something. I mean, it didn't have to be a fight, but they should have put their heads together. They should have used their skills and snare him. I didn't believe them. When they said he's dead, that he couldn't have survived that. I didn't believe that. I was waiting for yet another busting out of the... There's no reason to think he would die under all of that wood. I just... That wasn't satisfying to me. So, of course, he's going to be back next time. Actually, I think he did die. I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure there's a new villain next time. We're going back in time. That's all I know. Are you kidding me? Yeah, so this is the death of Shredder. What? (laughs) Okay. Last time he goes into a garbage compactor... Okay. All right. Okay. (laughs) Let it go. I have. I will. Hey, you're saying everything's better in this one than the last one. So (laughs) I'm not sure how you justify this death is better than the trash compactor. No, I I won't say that then. I'll retract that part of it. (laughs) But I will say there is a little bit of a character arc as much as there was with the turtles. They wanted to be famous. That's what they have at the end there. They're finally appreciated for what they've done for the city. Inspiring a rap song by Vanilla Ice. On the front page. (laughs) Well, Vanilla Ice was big news. Remember his autobiography. Again, they're calling out ninja rap. No, there are giant talking turtles. I really feel like they're burying the the headline there. Yeah, I agree. If they were human ninjas, uh, it would not have caused the sensation. It was the fact that they were creatures that uh, got them the gig, and that probably should have been celebrated in the song. But I don't think Vanilla, it was probably embarrassing enough that he had to even appear in this movie. I don't think you could have got him to really rap about reptilians. Okay, but there's a really funny behind-the-scenes story about Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice shows up on the set. One of the guys in the turtle outfits is a big fan and goes to hug him. Vanilla Ice has, like, this 325-pound bodyguard that starts to get up in this turtle and starts some static with the turtle. So all the stunt guys team up to kick this this guard's ass. (laughs) And finally, they save the guard from the actual martial artists who are about to pommel him for threatening the turtle. <laughs> it just goes to show well, Vanilla Ice's entire persona has always been a facade. Even his bodyguard was going to get his ass kicked by a turtle. Didn't Suge Knight or something like hang him upside down out of a window trying to get some money? Yeah, Vanilla Ice was never very tough. He really wasn't. Arnie, you were the only one that thought he was. Looky, looky, looky and Cat's Black Bookie. Someday, listeners, with your support, Stuart will review Cool as Ice. (laughs) Hey, I know the cinematographer in that one. Are there crane shots? (laughs) There are. So, Jacob Stewart, do you find the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, to be trash or tubular, Jacob? I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, if I'm judging this as an adult, no. 
luckily, I remember what I thought of this as a 14-year-old. Like, that's still pretty much in their demographic. And this is the Happy Meal toy I don't want. You know, there's always that one. If you're trying to collect them all, there's that one that's a stinker. This is the stinker in your Happy Meal. This is the toy no one wants. You want to go back and try to ask for another one. They got it. Nope, that's the only one we got this week. Come on, this film, you're saying, Stuart, the, the lighting is helping you. No, I, I think it hurts it here. It emphasizes how Power Ranger-ish this film is. I don't know what the Power Rangers, I know they come to the U.S. later. It might have been going on in Japan at the time. But this one is so goofy. This is just for the youngest of kids. It's not holding my attention if I'm babysitting at all. This is trash. This is easy. Not recommend. Stuart. Eclectic! I mean, it really is eclectic. I'm not going to do flips for the thing, but my kids are insistent that I give it the green arrow, and I don't mind. I think that it is an improvement in every single way at being an entertaining kids movie from the last one. I just, to me, the differences between last week and this week are brighter lights, more money, and more colorful sub-villains. I really feel like last week was just as junky as this week, but I had more fun with this one. So, you know, again, I think you're right, Jacob. Absolutely. For the five-year-old, the seven-year-old is pushing it. The 12-year-old, no way. Adults, give me a break. The thing would annoy you. But it's totally fine that small children can have something to giggle about. I think that there's enough here to do that. So I will celebrate improvement, even if I still think this series, this whole franchise is kind of dumb. So uh, a recommend, sort of. (laughs) So you gave a green arrow and you thought this whole series would be red for you. So two installments in, better than you'd hoped. Success. (laughs) I can't wait for next week. And I'll agree, this is perhaps a success for the least discerning of infants. But there's a lot that does that. Teletubbies does that. I mean, kids can be entertained by anything. If it's colorful and noisy, kids like it. That's not going to make this a recommend. You're upsetting our five-year-old donors. Yeah, they don't have a credit (laughs) card. They can't use PayPal. So, to me, this movie is everything that Stuart probably feared the whole retrospective would be. And it's everything that I think is unpleasant and ugly and patronizing. I don't think there's good lessons here. I don't think this lives up to even the kids' entertainment of a Sesame Street or a Muppet show, where I could actually enjoy watching some of those movies that they've made. I think I'd rather watch, what was that, Big Bird Go Home or whatever? Follow that bird. (laughs) I had a teacher that wrote that movie. (laughs) That was her claim to fame. Yes, well, I'd rather follow that bird than follow these Ninja Turtles. So, do I recommend Secret of the Ooze? No ninja, no ninja, no. Ninja, ninja, crap. Not recommend. But I do suggest, go listener, go listener, go to nowplayingpodcast.com and click the banner at the top. Our donation drive series is almost over. And out this week, the final review of our Planet of the Apes series, The New Dawn of the Apes. A much, much better talking animal movie than this one, even if I hate it. I haven't (laughs) seen it when I'm recording this. But I guarantee better than ooze. Yeah, and I'm not taking my five-year-old to it. It definitely looks like it's for adults. I'm looking forward to an adult conversation. I'm not sure I'm going to get it for the rest of July here. So, yeah, <laughs> let's join me there. I, I can't wait to talk about it. It's a donation of $25 or more to our show. Gets you eight Planet of the Apes reviews, as well as four Matrix reviews, the Speed Racer review, and February, maybe? 
the Jupiter Ascending review, we're beholden to the studio release date on that one. Speed Racer is our make good, and yet we're still doing Jupiter Ascending. But you only have until July 31st, 2014, to hear those podcasts, and then they all go into the vault, including Jupiter Ascending. It won't even be out, but it'll be in the vault. <laughs> it's not even in the vault yet, but... <laughs> <laughs> it'll never see the light of day. It's never going to have a free period. It's like a Kentucky Fried Chicken animal. I have a theory on that. I'm going to just put it out there. I think, yes, February is a dumping ground, but I also know February is when they push Oscar contenders. The word is Channing Tatum has a real shot at getting an Oscar nomination for Foxcatcher this fall. So maybe they just want to release the movie when he's got that glow and that Oscar guild to him. I'm hoping. I hope it's not trash, but yeah, it's not promising that they put it in February. The 22 Jump Street glow would have been just as good. Indeed. So if you can, your donation helps support the show and allow us to do the show we do week after week, be it Ninja Crap or 2001. (laughs) We run the gamut here at Now Playing. (laughs) Can you believe we reviewed that within the same four weeks span? I just, my mind is blown. We're probably the only people on earth that would ask people to watch Stanley Kubrick and then watch the the Secret of the Ooze. Oh my lordy, what have I gotten myself into? I do feel ucky. I feel like I am covered in ooze. I want to shower after this. I gave this a recommend. Oh my god, what is wrong with me? What have I become? I'll grant you this was better than both of those Maximum Overdrive films. (laughs) (laughs) So, Jacob Stewart, thank you for joining me. We'll be back next week for Turtles in Time. Until then, cowabunga, dude! Battle Master Splinter. They were many, but we kicked. We fought well. I suggest we all meditate now on the events of this evening. Thank you for listening to this episode of the now playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles retrospective series. Money cannot buy the honor you have earned tonight. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Will I ever see you guys again? Well, that depends on how fast you stop pizza. Come back to NowPlayingPodcast.com each week as we review another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. It's going to be quite a party. Well, what do we do now? In the NowPlayingPodcast.com archives, you can find many more reviews on series such as G.I. Joe, Transformers, Tron, Terminator, Star Trek, Spider-Man, The Avengers, and more. Okay, Turtles, let's move out. You can also find individual movie reviews such as Avatar, Fight Club, Godzilla, Pacific Rim, and more. I knew it, I'm missing all the fun. Find hundreds of movie review podcasts at nowplayingpodcast.com. We Yeah, find you. I'm sorry, that came across super creepy, okay? Hey! Support from listeners like you help keep now playing operating. I must warn you, we do not come cheap. Does it look like money is of any concern to me? 
You can find a link to donate using PayPal at the bottom of our website, nowplayingpodcast.com. Maybe I should write this down. Now Playing's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle series is edited by Heath, Phil, Casper, and Arnie. Our domain is the shadow. Pray for this reluctance. For when you do, you must strike hard and fade away without a trace. Now Playing credit narration by Brock. You certainly can turn a phrase, my lord. Now Playing is not affiliated with Mirage Studios, Playmate Toys, New Line Cinema, Imagi Animation Studios, Warner Brothers Pictures, Nickelodeon Movies, or Platinum Dunes Entertainment. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and all of the TMNT universe contains is the property of Nickelodeon, a subsidiary of Viacom, and no infringement is intended. What does all that mean in American? The opinions expressed on Now Playing are those of the individual host and may not reflect the opinion of Venganza Media Incorporated. Your mouth may yet bring you much trouble. Shut it! Now Playing is a Venganza Media production. Copyright 2014. All rights reserved. And no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Well, dudes... I'd say that's pretty much a wrap. Yep. Uh, cowabunga? Hmm? Cowabunga. Yeah. Yeah. Cowabunga. Awesome. Those who went to college with me may remember Ice Ice Arnie, the rap song I did. <laughs> How much do the donors have to give to get that cut? One million dollars. <laughs> you know what? It's worth it. It is worth it. I don't have a million dollars, but if you do, it is worth that money. You will never laugh harder. <laughs> Sadly, a computer repair shop in Georgia had it for years on a CD that they used, and they played it every time they built a new machine to test the audio. <laughs> Wicked! Lesbian turtles? Yes, lesbian turtles. I'm Googling that on my phone. Just don't mix up the disc. That's all that I ask. That happened to me one time. My dad. I was supposed to bring a VHS to school. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's a story for another time. I sent a disc back to Netflix. And they accepted it. And I was afraid. What movie? I want to get that movie now. I don't remember, but it was like some PG thing that was like kitty. I thought it was Walk the Line. No, it was something for kids because I was scared to death (laughs) that a parent would get it and like a kid would be watching and see like. (laughs) So, and I was just scared. I'm like calling Netflix. I need the disc back. (laughs) Oh my. My children are saying no. I'm a little worried about how much you're really putting into those children, Stuart. <laughs> Don't judge me. You weren't there the late nights. I had to nurse and call the doctors, and, and neither was I. The, the earaches, yes. Are you going to see the new one in theaters, or are you going to be buying four tickets to one adult and three children on Fandango? <laughs> I'm going to send them instead of myself, actually. They can let me know how it is. But Righteous! 
I like the cute look of these two. If you're going for a kitty movie, Stuart, I bet your five-year-old wants the stuffed animals. Loved it. Bought it for her this morning. <laughs> I like how it's also transgendered. It keeps changing. Oh, was it a boy before? No, no, the seven-year-old's the boy. Don't confuse them. I don't. Ha- I haven't given them names yet, but they definitely know what their gender and their age. 